If you'd like to listen to Radio Free Brooklyn when you're not in front of your computer, please consider downloading our free mobile app for iPhone and Android available in the App Store for iPhone or the Google Play Store for Android. Please be sure to subscribe to our monthly newsletter for the latest news about new programming and upcoming RFB events. You can sign up at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash newsletter. You're listening to Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. It's time to get embarrassed with us. Hello, Will. How are you doing on this afternoon? It's only been about 48 hours since our lovely beginning of 2020. Yes, it has. Oh, my God. Happy it's, New Year. It's actually 2020. <laughs> like, like actually 2020. Like, actually. Okay, there was 2000. As opposed to not actually. There was the there was the year 2000. There was the movie 2010. And now it's actually 2020. This was a year that I never thought I would actually. That seems so far off as my childhood. You never thought you would live in ABC's version of Dateline because it's happening. It's happening. It kind of is. I just, <laughs> I didn't think, honestly, I didn't think, I didn't. It's real now. Joining us over the phone is our friend and constant uh, soul. Companion of and awesome const- person. Yes, exactly. Rachel Teichman, hello. I'm here. You've made it. Yay. The fact that you could uh, call us is a, a, a blessing, but uh, I, I, I'm under the impression that uh, you have spent your New Year's or first two days of the new year back at home. Quite ill. Um, yeah, I'm a little sick. <laughs> I'm, I'm sick. sicker, but, but here I am in this telecommunication system, all the satellites, all the airwaves back at you in Brooklyn. Thank you for keeping us company. I don't want to say that the future we all just become like <laughs> telecommunic- projections. Can you imagine like <laughs> we did an episode where we were all talking on the phone. There was like a ghost at the oh board. It's like, <laughs> yeah, oh, hey, Rich. I mean, well, it is 2020. So in fact, yes, make it happen. It's the future. <laughs> for those who are, are joining us for the first time they've made their resolution to get more into the show uh we appreciate your uh listenership and uh don't forget that uh you could listen to all of our past episodes across the web across the plains across the mountaintops across it all apple podcasts soundcloud.com slash lost and rewound as well as on our main site on radio free brooklyn's page that's radiofreebrooklyn.org slash L-A-R and you could see the megaphone player drop down player that is with all of our episodes uploaded uh, with the click of a button stream them you could click listen one subscribe all time. of it yes it's perfect. give us some love <laughs> yes. welcome to 2020 <laughs> with the telecommunicative generations we're recording from the rec room and uh hey, it's room. it's uh it's nice to be back here in a toasty room listening to clips as we do every week here from beautiful bushwick Indeed. we 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 digging back into your archives to listen back to what you sounded like and how you got from there to here that is the point of the show and if you want to be on the show like uh rachel is going to be doing this week for us you can be a part of the fun at uh lost and rewound at radiofreebrooklyn.org that's our email to reach out to us 
dot org. org. I'm honestly really excited to see what clips we have today. I believe we have something interesting. You're excited to see? You're excited, I I guess. Can I tell you something interesting? I know that we're going to be diving into a few of my clips this episode. And uh, my my point of view, the perspective that I'm looking from is my childhood bedroom. (laughs) Ha! Whoa! Well, then. So it's a very authentic state of mind episode. Perfect. Indeed. Well, what a way to begin the new year. Then let us journey on. Shall we? Boom. Officially, as of now, we're entering on Radio Free Brooklyn our fourth year. Um, we began oh. it, we began in 2016. Uh, Radio Free Brooklyn as a whole. Time for pre-K. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you're you're already setting it up, and we haven't even gotten that far yet. <laughs> well, we 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 have uh, some clips of you in pre-K, and it's exciting. Um, we. Would be remiss if we did not uh, engage in a little bit of discourse about how uh, our uh, New Year's Eves were, uh, as they just were yesterday. Uh, I spent my New Year's Eve going to New Year's Day uh, hanging out at home, uh, doing absolutely nothing like a grandpa drinking hot chocolate with Bailey's and uh, just hanging with my fam, hanging with the menagerie and my partner, my wife, Robin. So That actually that, sounds that's amazing. That's all I did. That is literally all I need to do on any celebration. I don't know, man. I had uh, I went over to my friend Liz and Tim's at a, right after, um, in sort of early afternoon on uh, Wednesday. And my God, I have no idea what happened. Like no. from that point on, I just there was there was sort of a general loss of memory. I know I ended up back with my cousins on Long Island. That's good because I did make them pancakes the next morning. Yeah, but I honestly don't remember what happened. Good. Let let let, let these small memories uh, trickle out as the year progresses, and then you remember. <laughs> oh. That's how I got from there to here. How was I at World Trade and in Brooklyn and somehow at Radio Free Brooklyn? What did, what happened? Will Hasty is stuck is unstuck in time. I'm flushed. It's happening again. What about you, Rach? I spent my New Year's Eve going to my best friend's house, as I always do in New Jersey, with my other best friend. Oh wow! And we got. Wasted and uh, played Super Smash Bros. Fuck yeah! Every bit of that sounds amazing. Every bit of that sounds amazing. It's incredible. It's the best. I seem to recall. And then uh, yeah. I wake up, and then I wake up around six or seven a.m. and um, I feel totally sick. And then <laughs> I drive eight, eight minutes back to my parents' house, and I go to sleep. And then I come back to New York. 
Okay. But I didn't come back to New York because I'm sick, but I will be back soon. I will say that the whole idea of like keeping resolutions as I've gotten older has sort of... Oh, boy. Yeah. I mean, I feel like there are so many... I never did that shit. No, I was going to say, like, you know, I this past year... If I, if you had told me at the beginning of the year that you should stop posting on social media so much, then I would have been like, eh, you know, like that has to come organically. And the truth is, it did. <laughs> like halfway through the year, I think I legitimately just must have blacked out on posting anything on any major social media platform because I could not find anything that I've really truly posted after July. So what's the resolution this year? Should I get back into it or should I just keep it going? Like, that's the other thing too. Like the resolution concept is always like, this is an ultimate thing that's going to change the very scope of where I'm going as opposed to why not just continue doing? There's no resolution. (laughs) I'm going to continue doing this. Like that doesn't make any sense. But why do the intelligent thing and actually consistently continue working on something that is slowly building over time and is the way things work? Why not do what everybody else does and just say, you know what? Right now, I feel minorly and partially motivated. Let's change my life. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, our our lives are about to uh, get even crazier. I think we live in a country and we live in an environment and we live in an atmosphere where everything is volatile. So. Uh, all we can really do is either uh, provide generosity to others or be generous to ourselves. Absolutely. That's actually pretty, that's quite profound. Yeah. Is it deep profound. though? Well, well, I mean, one is, is it that things are actually getting more, is it that they feel more volatile or is it they're actually more volatile? I mean, with the slew of attacks recently, it definitely I'd say that's pretty solid, or at least, or at least the anti-Semitic attacks that sort of took place over the New York. I feel like this is always happening, Rachel. Uh-huh. Uh, we love your perspective. You yeah, know, what ten, do you guys think? Ten, yeah, oh. I, I actually do have a, I have some words to say about this. Go for it. So, um, is it more volatile? I mean, honestly, I personally don't like the state of the world right now. However, I'm going to be unusually, uncharacteristically optimistic for a second. What? Where? Yeah, I know, I know. We're living in a world where we have the lowest amount of crime rates, the lowest amount of violence, um, the lowest amount of human misery, and the human population, we're doing pretty well. We're doing the best that we ever have in the history of the world, really. And you know why? Uh, Because we're not going to let anybody tell us to be happy or to be sad. We can make it happen Hmm. on our own. Well, fair. I don't think that that's why uh, these rates have gone up and down. Yeah, I think I think she's but, talking about something a little bit more concrete. But I feel, <laughs> damn it, I'm optimistic too, just in a whole other, more globular way, or maybe less globular. Yeah, if that's the right even word at all. But Go on. But Rachel's absolutely accurate. She is. Yes. You know, everything sucks. The world is quite volatile. Maybe March will start World War Three. I don't know. We'll see. But. We can walk down the street and probably not worry about getting shot. I think we're doing pretty well. Did you know, I found this out recently, that in 1816, the entire world was without a summer? Yep. What? You know why, right? The volcano in Indonesia. Correct. There was a massive explosion that put a ton of soot into the air. And it was cold for an entire year. 
and crops failed what? across Europe. That's like crops failed across the U.S. Frozen. This is like that volcano. That volcano is Elsa. <laughs> yes they nicknamed it elsa and that's where they got the idea for it all those years later there you go and and in all honesty they should have but it didn't happen that way and altogether i am just flabbergasted that the world endured a mini ice age in the 19th century and the for and the time the only time before that that the world engaged was engaged in some form of apocalyptic global yeah weather was, event. was like i don't know like in like 19 ad or something like no, no, that i think it was actually it was 1400 but but i think it, it was it was much earlier yeah. it was like right after the birth of christ what and, yeah. i don't think it was that early the birth of christ yeah and then 1816 the so Virgin Mary. i think we're, we're so far i think we're doing it. okay we could be doing a lot better but uh, good to have a good outlook and, you know, do your part for 2020 at at least, True. you know, trying to avoid things that lead to brush fires and koalas dying, you know? And, yeah, and try not to contribute to Garbage Island. Yes. Rachel's touching on a very profound point that that is that is true, right? I, I forget whether it was um, the IMF or or some sort of international um, agency that, that had did. I think they did this through the UN. But basically, there was it was a study that deter, that asked Americans do you think X, all these things across the world have gotten better or worse? You know, poverty rates, death rates, gun, you know, a number of gun deaths, number of abortions just across the board. And the vast majority of Americans all argued or all are all uh, checked the box for these things have either gotten worse or twice as worse over the course of our lifetime. When in reality, every single one of them had gotten at least 50 percent better worldwide. Yeah. So Rachel's absolutely yeah. accurate. The world, the, we are, we are as a species, we are better off than we have ever been by a fuck ton. <laughs> Rachel, curious when you were younger, um, when did you change from being more optimistic to pessimistic or vice versa? If you were pessimistic for a while and then became a little more optimistic? I mean, honestly, I was born pessimistic and that really hasn't changed. Uh, <laughs> The only, the only thing that even has changed but in that regard is, like, I've looked at the data, and so now I understand that some things are getting better, but at the same time, so many things are still terrible. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, uh, I, I've, just, I've always been a pessimist. I came out of the womb, and I'm like, life sucks. Do you remember? <laughs> it was warmer in there. <laughs> Naturally warm. Wait, question. Then did you uh, recall ever something happening from a very young age? Maybe a death in the family, a death of a, like a, someone you saw in a movie and like it deeply affected you and made you just very upset. Well, this isn't therapy hour, but uh, I definitely have experienced lots of not so good things from a very young age, but, um, you know, it's hard to pick just one, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess like when I was six, my house got destroyed while I was in it. Wait, what? What? That you, I've never heard that story. What? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the very house that I'm inside right now. Wait, got care to elaborate? Yeah. How did it get destroyed? Uh, a tree fell on it. And, uh, I mean, the, the, the structure, part of the structure of the house is still standing, and that's the part that I'm in right now. But, 
uh, most of the house had to be rebuilt. We lived in a hotel for a while. I was lucky enough to be in the part of the house that didn't get destroyed. Sure. Wait, can we get a description of the destruction? This tree, like, came all the way down and at a 90-degree angle just went through your house? Or, like, what was the... Was it, like, a so, storm or a wind kind of thing that uh, affected it? There, it was very, very windy the days leading up to it. Um, okay. But when, but then, like, uh, a person whose job it is to determine the health of a tree, they looked at the tree and they were like, there's no reason this tree should have fallen. It was perfectly healthy, but it was, like like a hundred-year-old, enormous oak tree Okay. in our backyard, and it fell. And I was in first grade. I was six. My brother was in fifth grade. And we were at home with my dad. My mom had just gone somewhere. We were about to go upstairs to play a board game, and we hear this huge clap of thunder. And me and my brother look at each other, and we're like, we don't think that's thunder. We're going to go check. And my dad, being like, you know, the adult, was like, oh, everything's fine, but you can go check if you really want. And we make it to the doorway, and we look up into the living room, and we see a tree and the ceiling destroyed and all that. And we're like, whoa, yikes. And we were about five minutes from being in the room where it happened. (laughs) Oh, wow. Wait, wait. So did it take out part of the... First, second story, did it take out the first and second story? Did it? How much damage was actually done? So it's a, this is a split-level house because it's in suburbia. Okay. Um, it took out, like, the entire middle floor, I guess, if Damn. you want to call Holy it. Holy shit. Damn. Yeah. How long were you uh, displaced for? Three and a half months. Okay. Wow. Will, did something similar ever happen to you, uh, be it uh, your apartment or another house that you were staying in? I have two super quick, much less hardcore versions of that. Sure. One much less hardcore. One was at a summer house that we rented out on Fire Island, and every summer hur- a hurricane would come through. Yeah. And that house literally got swept into the ocean. Like a wave came oh up. Oh, my God. And, no, no, so, so we weren't there, but like literally we left for the hurricane evacuation and came back and it was gone. Like, gone. Like a a wave had literally come up and swept this thing, as well as a, like, 250-person club that was called The Club on the island had also just been swept away. Like, literally, like, completely taken out and swam and taken out into the ocean. The only thing left of the club was, like, a couple beams of wood on the ground. But that didn't rock me. Because it wasn't really our house, right? Like, we knew we were coming there for the summer. You didn't leave any personal belongings there. Right, right, right. And it was somebody else's. It was actually somebody else's house, and it was a house that we spent less time in on that island. The only thing I've had similar to that, Rachel, was when we were, well, I guess it was Sandy, and the Long Island house that I actually just came from to seeing seeing little munchkins, little cousins, and all the extended members of the family. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The only thing that got damaged there were were outdoor air conditioning units. Like houses around us were very badly damaged, and we were untouched. And so, like, there was this massive buildup, this massive fear that something terrible was going to happen, and nothing happened. The only thing I could attest to uh, this conversation being somewhat relevant is uh, when uh, something I've talked about before, but I don't know if I've talked about it in full detail. Um, I can't provide full detail about my house burning down because I was three, so I really don't remember. What? Your house burned down? Yeah, I don't remember any of it. This is the house that I uh, remained raised in for all of what, I guess... It's probably like six months or so that we had a uh, different house that we lived in. Um, but the house that I grew up in 
had a different second floor at the time. Originally, the house was built in a different manner. It was my bedroom was what ended up becoming my sister's bedroom. My parents' room was where my room was. And then like my parents' room was where the garage was. And none of the first floor was touched. But when my mom came home and parked the car in the garage and walked in and saw the second floor was in flames, she ran back to the car. She drove that car as far away from the house as she could with me sleeping inside. I don't even think I was awake. And according to the story she tells me, um, this was a fire that was caused by a wood stove fire, and it caught, and um, it was, it was de- devastating. My parents lost so much, um, and including in that wreckage, that was everything that was lost uh, was all of my parents' records, so oh no yeah and that's something i've definitely mentioned over the years on this program uh just as a sort of a point to mention how i've never really had the same music upbringing as my peers because Hmm. i didn't grow up with lps around because they had all been uh eradicated Hmm. from history and then we stayed in a house not far but not anywhere close in woodstock that i recall going back to later on when I was eight because mm. a friend's family was living there. So wow. it was super bizarre That's... reliving huh. in that moment when I'm eight a memory of being in this house lived in by somebody else. Hmm. Um, That's got to be weird. It's like no longer, it, it's, it's like your neighborhood changing and no longer being yours. But again, like, this is the thing. I didn't grow up in the city. I grew up upstate, and I can only imagine that there's such a different... There's, it, it must, and there must be some kind of interesting development that comes when you have lived in, I don't know, like, say my mom's apartment that she grew up in Brooklyn. And the years go by, and that apartment is definitely still there, but it's not the same anymore. Yeah. So it's like when you go back into your childhood home, and it looks nothing like it. I didn't have that perspective back then. All I remember was was that the house that I lived in had had evidently not always been the way it was. I had a similar experience when after my grandparents died that that once their house was bought and changed into a much much nicer house, that was I don't know why that was irksome. But the closest thing I've ever had to that was coming back from college after freshman year and being like, oh my god, I don't live here anymore. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But your childhood home, Rach, all intact, yeah. still intact. Uh, yeah, I mean, after the tree fell, like, we had our bedrooms repainted and new carpet. So um, I do remember a time before my room was this color and this setup, but my room was unaffected despite the new wall color and carpeting. Very good. Hmm. What could someone expect from your childhood room? What did your What did your bedroom look like? Right now. Well, I mean, it's almost exactly the same. Yes. Yeah, that's true. But you know, uh, okay. in, in in perspective so, of what it looked like back then, like when the tree fell. Sure. Before the tree fell, I the colors were a lot more plain, from what I recall, uh, like more like off whitish colors. Um. I would have had my bed was where it is now, actually, against a wall rather than sticking out into the room. 
because that changed a couple times. Uh, right after the tree fell, the bed stuck out instead, so it took up a lot more of the room. It's a small room, a desk, a dresser. I'm being very vague. I guess these are normal bedroom things. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I guess I, I don't think I was necessarily. Wait, where's the skylight and hanging swing uh, and yeah. jet and and jet access? <laughs> oh, just... oh, 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 okay, okay, okay. I have um, there's I have an inflatable race car hanging from my ceiling. Yeah. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I guess that's more interesting, right? Um, <laughs> it certainly paints a better picture. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my walls are bright pink. With what? Uh, I have things packed to the walls all over posters, drawings I made, uh, SpongeBob stickers, a dartboard. Nice. Um, and like these like paper things are hanging from the ceiling I made. Uh, I have a lamp with, it's, it's a pink teacup with flowers on it and there's a stuffed bunny in the cup with the lamp. Um, Does the bunny look happy or maniacal? Oh, it's like a, it's a, it's a happy bunny. Nice. Why don't we move over to Will, because I think we've gotten a pretty good picture. You have a, a certainly a lot of memorabilia around your room, and I imagine we'll probably uh, even see some of, of that uh, here in the studio when we play your clips later, your video clips, which you so Indeed. generously provided to us. Um, Will, what about you? What was your childhood room like? Uh, it, well, we see, we've seen a little bit you've, of it. You've seen a bit of it, and we've, we've described it on, on air a couple times, uh, twice, I think. But, yeah. uh, but the two... but It but, was large. It was large, and there was, was a lot big. of toys, and you had like a whole well, like, landing strip. Oh, oh, I had... Well, no, 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 I had... So, so I had a striped carpet that I would pretend was a landing strip oh, because it was funny. bands. And so and it Amazing. would also and it would also act as like, you know, lines of lines of combat where one army would line up on one line and then the other army would line up facing it on the other line and you'd have them duke it out. But but no, I would my, my childhood room was basically a bunk bed in one corner. Um a shelf uh, like a bookshelf on the uh, on the opposing wall, two desks and then closets. I love building things, and so pretty much from when I was a child, those two desks eventually turned into a massive L-shaped desk that was a, that was a present from my from my mother that she had sort of built into the room, and um and I love that desk. But over the course of my lifetime, I mean, if you go back to my childhood room now, it's basically a storage room because whether it's like film equipment or clothing or props or things I've built over the years, it's just like slowly piled up. So in the yep. videos we've seen on Lost Reweb, we see like it piled with a couple of models. Yeah. And and nowadays if you were to go back there, it's like it's as if you made a junkyard version of that room where yeah. now it's just well, that's, nah, shit. It's so real. Uh, <laughs> you know, my bedroom now is not even uh, a bedroom other than I think really just more of a guest room when it has to be and it's mm -hmm. mainly my father's uh uh place to i don't know if it's a man cave but like he doesn't spend any time in it it's super cold in there are you sure as far as i know uh, <laughs> but it, it, it's really become more of like a storage room for his uh stuff for work and uh yes it does have a bed in it so uh there have remained select things on the walls that were on my wall when I grew up. I'm not certain why they decided to keep certain things on in there in the first place. Maybe just out of um, nostalgia for my parents' own sake. Um, my bedroom had a had blue carpet and there was a door to the outside to the backyard mm -hmm. that I didn't really access because I wanted to keep the cold air and the bugs out. Um, you know, me and my super weird obsessions. And 
some point, like maybe when I was eight, I seem to recall my parents got like a whole set of furniture that included a bunk bed, uh, like cedar desk and shelf and bookshelf and like nice. you know it was a whole set. You know, so my entire yeah. room when I was eight was redone to really be this whole entire uniform looking thing. And the craziest thing was is that uh, the bunk bed did not really it wasn't conducive for people to stay over what i had a lot of tall friends even when i was that young i only wanted to be on the bottom mm-hmm. i don't know why i chose to be on the bottom oh you were a bottom bunk kid i was a kid. i was, I was a bottom yeah bunk i was kid. definitely a top bunk kid yeah no i didn't because i hit my head every time i would get up what? because the top bunk was so high up that it was so it was like almost loft style that you basically had to compromise your uh, situation when you would be sleeping and hope that you didn't wake up in a in a, in a, like a startle and hit your head on the ceiling. So every time I would bring friends over and they would sleep over, they would sleep on the top and I'd sleep on the bottom. And Brooks Rocco, a guest on the show in the past, uh, m- immortalized a water stain on the f- on the ceiling by drawing a Mr. Potato, he drew like a Mr. Potato head out of it. That's awesome. Yeah. So that that was a so when eventually I convinced my parents to shave the fucking top bunk off of the bed, I just all I saw was this stupid potato head looking up at me, and otherwise my walls were just adorned with uh, clippings from like magazines. And I've Sarah, my sister Sarah, um, called me out. Um, a couple of years ago on the show when we talked about my ceiling and how it was adorned with centerfolds of of uh, girls from like Maxim and stuff. Nice. I just like had my entire ceiling covered uh, corner to corner with scantily clad celebrities. Um, nice. Wow. That's truly a boys room. Elon, I never would have pictured yeah. that for you, dude. Never in a million years. Yeah. I had a computer. I did just provide a photo. I know, yes. Oh, no, no. We have to go to this floating car. Why 24? Yeah. Yeah. Jeff Gordon. Is that Jeff Gordon? Yeah, people seem to know that. (laughs) I don't know why I know that. I've never watched a goddamn race in my life. Yeah, I've never watched. I don't know anything about that, but like people seem to know that that's his number. Yeah, I didn't either. I had no idea that was Jeff Gordon's number. It seems, Rachel, that uh, you're luckily age is uh, not. Um, uh, you've got the advantage at the at this point, only having just uh, finished college recently, that uh, your room has not been transformed into a, a utility room yet. The mausoleum of utility. No, not yet. Not yet. But you suspect My it will be. Just moved out a few months ago, but uh, and his room has been taken over. But yeah. I still come back here on and off. So, yeah. That's fair. Well. I, I, I appreciate uh, the visuals. Um, I feel like this actually sets us up quite nicely for the next half in where we will get a chance to listen to a little bit of your childhood sounds. Oh, my God. Childhood Rachel. Jesus, baby Rachel. Oh, man. Uh, hey, hey, we haven't done it in some months. I'm excited that we get to do more of it. You're very brave in spite of not being here in person to uh, give us the plague. Keep that plague. <laughs> keep that plague in Bergen. Keep that plague at bay. <laughs> keep that play in Bergen County, lady. We're going to uh, get yeah. back to you, the listener, very soon after Rachel and Will and I take a breather. And when we return, uh, more sounds of Lost and Rewound right here on Radio Free Brooklyn.
Radio Free Brooklyn's mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy, education, and free expression. We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you. Every dollar helps us stay on the air. Support independent community media by pledging whatever you can. All contributions are tax-deductible to the fullest extent of the law. Please support with a monthly pledge or a one-time donation at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org backslash donate. Again, that's RadioFreeBrooklyn.org backslash donate. We have returned. And we are very grateful that you have stuck around to listen to us. Hey, Will, Rachel, did you know that it's our 200th episode coming up later this month? No 200th episode? Well, yes. I don't know when you guys arrived in terms of numbers. I think like you arrived at like one third twenty nine or something, one twenty eight, and Rachel, you showed up around like one seventy five. These numbers are all arbitrary, you see. But if you all out numbers th- are arbitrary. If you out there are listening and want to listen to us uh, do for the very first and maybe only time. We'll see if we're invited back to continue doing a show after January 30th. We're doing a live show. We're going to be performing. We're going to be performing literally and figuratively on the air with a a very first live show experience. If you want to call in live, you can call the studio when we're going and doing the show. And if you can't listen live and if you can't call in live during a 3 p.m. on a Thursday, that's totally understandable. Um, you know, chances are you probably listen to this archive. We hope you aren't. We hope you're listening to us live. You could uh, provide us with a voice memo or, um, you know. Use your communicative powers. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Do what, do what Rachel's doing. Call in and, uh, and bother us. Because, honestly, the more chaos that we can uh, be faced with, during a live recording, the better. Mm-hmm. Um, now, uh, without further ado, we get to uh, Rachel. Foyther. 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 Rachel. Let us check out the Rachel's clips, and let us check out the Rachel clips. Give us, give us a time. When is this? Uh, this would be either late... Two, I think this is late 2000. This is... Uh, I was in pre-K. I was four. Okay. Uh, this is yeah. So this is probably December two thousand one. Amazing. All right. Onward. Yeah. Let's do it. Oh, well. I mean, of all the kids that could be Yes. 
Rachel, and then, Rachel. and then you triggered the waterfall. Then right after that happens, oh, we no. see a girl scream across the screen, uh, scream across the camera, Bobby! <laughs> it just started falling apart. I yeah, love it. We have to paint this picture here. So um, your school, it's in, and there's filing out with each, uh, like a paper snowflake that you all have made in your arts and crafts class. And then at the very end at the caboose is a crying Rachel Teichman who's like four years old being let out by the teacher aide and then I guess because of that false start the video starts again and trying again with Rachel after you've already gone to your dad to like mercy please help me um and then your dad's recording this and you are singing songs and then the minute like the vaguely Christmas song, because hey, we're we're wait, we're, we're, no more Christmas songs until next goddamn Mr. December. Cloud, cloud, little golden cloud. <laughs> no, it was the frosty the snowman that oh, took her right. off the edge, and you're I right, agree. Right. That's just too saccharine. I'd cry too. Oh, you losers! <laughs> Is that so? Yeah, do you have any Raised recollection? Tell Talmudic wisdom. Do you have any recollection of uh, acting out a lot around this time? No, I didn't act out at all. Really, I was like, I. I I don't mean to use this phrasing, but I'm going to use this phrasing. I was the golden child when it came to behavior. This wasn't even my first preschool performance. There's video footage of one or two before this when I was three, 
where I didn't cry. But I think that's because I didn't know what to expect during those performances. And then when I got here and I was a little bit older, uh, childhood anxiety disorder, you know, I realized that I'm going to walk out and there's going to be people looking at us and I was going to be expected to sing yeah. and I got scared. And so I started crying. Yeah. That, I mean, it happens, you know, but that's, that's, I think that's almost the classic definition of stage, right? I seem to recall a photo of mine that existed from like preschool time where every other kid in my in my class was looking at the camera and smiling or laughing or being generally silly and I had to be the only kid in this photo who couldn't look at the camera without being like super silly and like I don't know if I was laughing or crying but I am being held by the teacher and my face is like looking to the side away in like this very embarrassed smirk like of course like I couldn't be the one to just like normally sit there Wait, was this this was preschool, right? This was kindergarten. Yeah, so in kindergarten, I was absolutely a dumbass. I was such a dumbass loudmouth. But like, not a year after this was when, but same thing with you, social anxiety began, and all of a sudden, I became this like incredibly clamped down, like non-reactive. No, don't put the spotlight on me, kid. Yeah. There. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was that kid. I hated to be in front of people. And then it came to pass that uh, after you simply couldn't take it anymore and you started crying. And as Will pointed out, that what, that set off another girl to be like, no, if she that can't take Tracy. it, I can't take it either. That was, wait, that was who? That was Tracy. Uh, At least tell me you guys I were friends. Like her. You did Whoa. not. No, no, absolutely not. Which I is, did not like her. That makes sense. Nobody, nobody liked her. Oh. She was mean to everyone. Oh, that's unfortunate. What did she do? What did she do? Yeah, I mean, was she was she like the bully of the she class, was or was she? Yeah, she was a bully, yeah, and uh, she was very mm. spoiled. I had to go to a couple of her birthday parties. I very specifically remember going pumpkin picking with her, and I learned many many years later that that was actually her birthday party, and I was the only kid who showed up. What? Holy yeah. shit! Uh, like I remember, my 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 family came, which was not the original plan. It was just gonna be like drop off your kid with all the other kids. But because, like, I guess her parents called my parents and said that nobody was coming, and so like it became just like two families hanging out. Right. That's actually really sweet to your family. It is. That uh, it is actually really really awesome. Happy birthday oh. to you, oh. unloved child. <laughs> but nobody liked it. Yeah, she's terrible. Yeah, though uh, I must admit that uh, I, that when it comes to the this kind of performance, I, I can't be too judgy at all because you're all four <laughs> or five. But the setup yeah. is the setup is so awkward already to begin with. Yeah, I don't know. Like, there's right behind you. There's a bunch of American flags. The American huge, flag wall. Like, I don't know. It it seemed very well, informal. Well, this was like two months after nine eleven. Ooh. Oh my God! Yeah, that. So speak upon that if you can. What yeah. kind of vibe does a preschooler or a kindergartner get living in a post immediately right after nine eleven environment? Um, I knew things were different. A lot of these kids' parents, a lot of these kids' dads worked in Manhattan at the time. I had a vague understanding of what had happened, 
I knew what happened. I just didn't know the full extent of the motivation. I don't even know how to describe how things became different. They just hmm. were. What was your experience like with it? Did you understand that something big and bad had happened? Did you understand that something... Yeah, 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 yeah. When it happened, I was given the explanation that... Because I kept asking questions, because that's what I do. I was given the explanation that a bad guy flew an airplane into a building in New York City. That's basically what I was told. Um, well, at first, I, was, I wasn't I was even told that he was a bad guy. I was like, but why did that person do that? And then I kept just pushing and pushing until I could get little bits of information. Uh, and then, like, I guess a month or whenever later was the Nick News with Linda Ellerby special on it. Oh, my God. And, yeah. Yeah. And uh, that really short haired woman, right? Some of that. Yeah. Yeah. I remember her. Several days after 9-11, we drove to the New Jersey side of the river and we have video footage. I think it's actually in this video somewhere of the smoke. Wow. Let's uh, move on to cheerier uh, topic, uh, the second clip, in where this is a, a little more slice of life at home, like we've heard in the past from you. Uh, it, it turns out that uh, you uh, got a hold of the camera in this case. Uh, I'm excited for what that might entail. Um, and it, it's with your you and your brother and your father, is that correct? Yeah. Can I take a movie now? Just a minute, right? Yes. Let me see something. Dad, you got to do a funny thing. What kind of a funny thing? Uh, just, just do whatever you would like to do and, and do it funny. Do it funny. Well, I don't know. Um, can you think of a joke I should tell? Yeah, poopy. I'm not telling that joke. No, yeah, poopy. No, I'm not doing that. Uh, That's a Rachel thing to do. You know, you have to keep pointing the camera at me. Uh, do you want to do uh, say Jeffrey? Say Jeffrey? Yeah. Jeffrey! What? <laughs> I don't know. We're just practicing. Yeah. And you say... Through three cheese yeah. trees, three free fleas flew. No, I said. Wally's fleas flew, freezy breeze blew. Dad, can you say cheese? Fre freezy cheese. No, freezy breeze made these three <laughs> free flea fleas freeze. Can you say head? Head. Can you say eye? Eye. Can you say mouth? Mouth. Uh, eh. Can Jeffrey take a movie? Okay. Jeffrey. Adorable. Adorbs. Adorable. Oh, my God. It really is really little Rachel. Like me being annoying. Well, it's not really. At first, it, sort of, it really seems like you're trying to engage with your dad. At first, it seems like your dad is sort of like, I don't know what to do with it. He very quickly sort of rolls with it. It's really sweet. He's yeah. just like, I don't know how to communicate with a two-year-old or four-year-old. <laughs> Your dad is super cool. Your dad was like super zen there. I, yeah, very much so. He clearly knows that his kids are are uh, full of trouble, uh, and so he just he has <laughs> don't to, rock the boat. He just has to, you know, be very uh, diplomatic about it. He's like, yeah, mm -hmm. 
Yeah. What, 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 what kind of joke do you want to tell? Oh, my God. Um, the, 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 maybe, maybe you shouldn't tell that joke, the, Rachel. The barrel as you have said. That's a Rachel thing to do. That's Say a Rachel poo. My favorite, my favorite. That, that reminds me of so many home movies where it's just like the where it's just like the kid ranting nonsensically at the parent and the parent just responding, "Wow, <laughs> like, like, good job, kid. I have no idea what you just said to me, but wow." Then that, but it seems positive like, affirmation. This was normal. This was like yeah, this was like you're, you were really capturing sweet. all of this with uh, such a handy cam, which very much a handy cam to have uh, around to capture all of these uh, uh, intimate, you know, even slightly more uh, benign moments in your family life. Yeah, that's what a lot of these videos really are. Is just us existing. Um, I love that. I I think I think yeah. I, I'm simply jealous because of the fact that like that was what i tried doing on a tape recording series and i <laughs> can't really accomplish that when there's no visuals and uh so you basically did the same thing that i did uh at a younger age or uh, you, you, you good good foresight that your father uh captured these uh kinds of memories and got his kids involved too with taking these videos yeah, he didn't like to let us do that, but um, the older we got, the more we wore him down and the more he <laughs> let us actually handle the camera. Um, like, there's even, like, there are clips where I'm, like, barely two years old and I'm, like, pointing at the camera and I'm like, I look. And my dad's like, no, this is my toy. <laughs> well, because he's afraid that you guys might break it. Uh, yeah. Like, this clip is, like, really interesting because there's a few like this where I get hold of the camera and I'm trying to direct a thing. I'm trying to produce a thing, but I have no idea what I'm doing or what to have people do. We have time for one more clip in where uh, there's a continuation of this, and uh, this was actually the minute and a half or so that uh, you initially provided to us to play before I threw in uh, a little bit of carte blanche and said, no, we're going to listen to more. But no, this is, we're listening to more. <laughs> but, this, but, but this is the, the initial one that you had thought in mind for today. Yeah, around like 1837, so yeah. literally a minute after the, the tables turn and Ooh. it gets a little bit more structured and uh -oh. serious. Okay. Uh -oh. So why won't you show me how you dance in dance class? I don't know. You can you can ask my teacher if 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 you can if you can watch me, cause not all cause not all my friends in dance class have their moms and dads there. Well, I never get to see you. That's well, why I want to see you now. Well, I don't want to do it right now because I'm not in my because I'm not in my dance class in, in my dance class. Well, if I put you in your dance clothes, then would you dance like you're in your dance class? Uh, Dad, I won't have my dance class right now. No, but you'd be here. But if you were in your dance clothes, then would you dance like you're in your dance class? Well, Dad, I will need my dance teacher, and she's not here. Oh. So I'm not going to do it. Oh, so what are you going to do? I'm just going to dance like other people. Okay, show me how you dance like other people.
the, that you, dancing like normal people is you having a seizure. I, I, I want to note that you told us to cut it off the minute you started to dance nice. like, a, like a normal person. Quote, unquote, normal person. Like a normal person. Yeah. Yeah, that's perfect. And what was even better about this was that you were insistent that you didn't want to dance unless you had dance clothes on. And your father was very astute to uh, observe that if... You, you are not in your dance class, then just put your freaking dance clothes on, girl, and go for it. Well, he it wanted kind of, me... He wanted a demonstration. Ballet. He wanted... Yeah, he wanted me to do the ballet that I oh. had been in classes for. Yeah. And uh, the more important background to this is a callback to the very beginning, the first clip that we did, where I loved taking ballet class, but the moment that I learned that I would have to do a performance is when I begged to quit taking ballet classes. That's why he was kind of questioning it. Like it was where everybody was starting. I mean, it was no secret that I was shy, but this is where everybody was learning uh, just how far some of this would go. Um, So I, I was willing to dance like a normal person, but I was unwilling to perform what I was learning in class. Gotcha. And I used the, the, the most sophisticated four-year-old logic that I could. Well, I'm not in class, so I can't do it. My teacher's not here. I'm not in my dance clothes. So I just took it as far as I could until I could provide a distraction, which was dancing like a normal person. Would you perform in another capacity as the years went on and tap into this style of dancing like a normal person? Or did you never dance like a normal person ever again? I have not danced like a normal person probably in the last 15 years. If only you had uh, the chance to um, dance as if nobody was watching. Which there's plenty of in all these clips. (laughs) (laughs) You you, you can tap into that four-year-old Rachel Teichman uh, uh, energy and just dance really truly as if nobody except your father was watching. Um, That's a lot of convulsing, though. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but now I perform in other capacities, so what, 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 I'm okay with it. Yeah, you do stacking cups and uh, you, uh, <laughs> amongst other things. <laughs> would there be a dance that you would ever do involved with the stacking of the cups? I don't think so. It's a cup dance. Yeah, what, what would a cup dance? I mean? don't. I don't think so. No. Would there I, be? I don't sing. I don't dance, and that's about. That's about it. But That's you, my limitation. You choreograph, though. You can choreograph something. Can I? I, I, don't, I don't know. know about that. You don't need to dance to choreograph. That's true. I suppose that's true. You can have, like, a, a minimalist dance. <laughs> I don't know. What a minimalist dance? <laughs> I just stand there? Well, I mean, like, you do, like, what's it called, uh, like, Andy Kaufman, like, only moves his mouth during the, here I come to, to save, save the, the day. day, and he's just, otherwise, is just standing there, just the whole time, just, like, waiting for that time to come around, so, like, absurdist. Like, like, like the karaoke of tequila. Yes, sure. yes, exactly. You do realize that at your core, Rachel, you've always been this, like, delightful, absurdist performer. That is true. Uh, yeah, I could go along with that, thank you. Okay, and we're done. No, thank you. <laughs> and this has been the show. No, we do have to wrap up in a I little think bit. That's very accurate. Okay, great.
Um, we look forward to you uh, contributing uh, more of this. Uh, there's more where this came from. Uh, Will, I know you have more uh, home videos of yourself as well. Yeah. Um, and uh, this year uh, has only so- just begun. Quite, quite, a much, very much so. It has begun. So more clips of it's Rachel. It's been flaming so far. It's been pretty flaming. You had Indeed, fit, it has been a flaming a beginning flaming of 2020. Almost got a whole hour without flaming. Damn it! <laughs> it's okay. All right. You uh, will share more. Will you will share some? Uh, will, of course. We will. Sh- I, we all together, the three of us, will share more of our past selves, and that will be exciting. We have uh, uh, exciting amounts of uh, show content to give you for 2020, including uh, the aforementioned 200th episode coming up at the end of this month. Also coming up this year. Will, if you want to tell the people about what uh, big things are happening in Radio Free Brooklyn land. Radio Free Brooklyn's Drive to Five fundraising campaign is underway. In May, RFB turns five years old, and we need to raise $25,000 so we can continue bringing you commercial-free, independent radio for another five years. Because we think raising money should be fun, each month we'll be bringing listeners fun challenges with some great prizes. The first is a trivia quiz to find out just how well you know RFB. The top five scorers will win a limited edition five-year anniversary RFB t-shirt. You can also dial 718-673-8201 to leave us a message letting us know why you love RFB or to wish us a happy birthday. Your message may be played on the air. Will, thank you for reading that. Elon, thank you for letting me read that. Rachel, thank you for providing us with sounds from your past this week. I'll do it again if you let me. We'll see you back here next week in the studio when you're uh, um, not with the plague. Absolutely. Uh, we will no longer require these telecommunicative powers. I have been Elon. I'm Will Hasty. I have been Rachel Tyson. <laughs> and we'll catch you here for another edition of Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn next Thursday from 3 to 4 p.m. Ta-ta. Booyah. Hey, bye. Well, that's very good. I but think I'm going to...